So, Josh, when we've played games before, especially like puzzlers, you have to look for patterns or like context clues that give you um, an idea of how the thing should actually work in the first place, right? Well, usually, yeah, unless you're just kind of randomly raging and hitting buttons. <laughs> <laughs> which is my which is my son's approach on some games, depending if it's Street Fighter Two or something. So it's like a valid it's a valid uh, approach. It does work sometimes. <laughs> It does work sometimes. Yes. Part of the thing that happens, though, if you're trying to do things consistently, is that you have to understand a pattern. Even if you want to understand what you need to change, you kind of need to understand what actually is more of a constant and what's more of more of a happenstance kind of thing. Right. Right? And understanding what is and what isn't, that categorization is actually important because it helps you make a change or understand something. So we're going to launch out on the loop today and discuss... Patterns and Happenstance, today on Curiosity Continuum. Hey everybody, this is Josh. And this is Brian. Thank you for joining us today on Curiosity Continuum. For those of you tuning in for the first time, Curiosity Continuum is a podcast and movement started by two lifelong friends who want to spark your curiosity, help you integrate information, enhance your everyday contextual awareness in a constantly changing world. We're going to do this to, with you by sharing conversations that explore, examine, and reframe common practical topics. Okay, I'm going to go see if the other computer is running something. So let's keep it running, though. Do you mind? No, that's okay. Edit point is fine. Go ahead. All right, hang on. So right now, listeners, Brian thinks I'm going to edit this out. I am not, and I'm going to leave this here. And we're just going to talk, you and I, and he's not even going to know about it. And it's going to be a great time. So, let me see. I'm on vacation this week for my normal 9 to 5 job. So we're doing this earlier, and I find that Brian is less focused earlier in the day than he is when we normally record. But I'm kind of that way too. So maybe we should always record a little later. I'm not sure. Either way, whatever. Now I don't really have much more to say, so there's going to be some awkward pauses that I will edit out, but I will leave the content in. Oh, here he comes. Let's try this, if it's any better. Should we recount in? What do you think? No, it's fine. Okay. All right. So I'm going to come in now after Josh has done the common practical topics. If you want to receive updates when new content is available, please be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you can receive notifications when there's something new to listen to. We appreciate you, our listeners, for engaging with us and sharing your own curiosities with friends, coworkers, moms, dads, people, dogs, cats, as we explore <laughs> topics together. And as always, you guys can find us on curiositycontinuum.com. From there, link out to all of our social accounts. And we thrive on your feedback. We hope to start a conversation with you soon. Now, Bri, I know you had this idea today. So how did you want to jump into this? So Patterns and Happenstance is the title of this. And I know that the only way that you can affect a change 
for a positive or a negative or some way is you kind of have to understand what already is. There's always like a, a context by which you're measuring something, right? Right. right. It could be it could be a self standard. It could be something like I want to lose five pounds. So then you have to know where you're starting from to be able to measure to where you went to, right? And or where you want to go with correct, right? The patterns that we do, like humans, like your brain wants to work to try to find the easiest way to do something eventually. Like, okay, I got this figured out. I can kind of put it on autopilot a little bit because it doesn't take up like mental resources for you to do it. Like brushing your teeth. It's like, how many times have you brushed your teeth and you just know this is how I brush my teeth right. and how I do it and stuff. Drive to work. There I mean, that kind of stuff, <laughs> which shouldn't probably right, be exactly. just like it, but yeah. Things, uh, normal routine <laughs> I, things, you know. Right. So when it comes to making like change or do progress on something in your life, I know like if for in my life when there's been business things that have come around, they need to understand where they are. They've kind of established those patterns. And the thing that a lot of consultants do or people who are in operational excellence or things like that is they're trying to understand the pattern and then they want to actually break the pattern, maybe not fully, but in some ways and enter in some other element and then kind of see what happened after that because you're trying to actually establish something different and the only way to do that is disruption but that's not comfortable all the time or right any of so the you're time. trying you're saying trying to take something that is like maybe more um common or more comfortable for you if you need to reintroduce something else into the equation to get to a different result or a or you know what i'm saying or a same yeah. result but so, just with different ways to get there yeah, some of it is just is kind of iterating on, could I solve it this way? Because, Should I solve it this way? Right, because you solve the problem one way and maybe you want to solve it a different way or whatever. Right. Um, great example for understanding why patterns are important is I think about you know astro astronomers who look at the sky and they look at the patterns of stars and how light bends and stuff. And when they notice a disruption of how things should work, they're like, well, is it breaking the laws of physics that we already know or is there something else doing that right it's something's disrupting the pattern and the, but the only way that you know it's a disruption is that you already kind of know what the preset ways things work should be sure yeah actually this brings up an, a good idea like brian brought up the astronomy idea there are a lot of things that you know like patterns is how we find planets for example like they look at a lot of people don't realize this but when they're looking for a new planet sometimes you can't look at the planet directly so they look at a star and they wait until something goes in front of the star. So it makes like a shadow or makes like a blip in the light. And from then they can look at that area more distinctly with different imaging equipment to be able to tell like how big the planet is, you know, what the orbit looks like, all that. It's very interesting. And we're looking up all the time and finding things that we have no idea. And they're they're looking at it yeah. doesn't it's not in the ex, exceeds it exceeds a different pattern than we're used to seeing and we have no idea there's a lot of theories on stuff for example there's a, a there's there are I read recently and I, I will put this in the show notes because I, I find it very interesting over the last hundred years or so we've lost so many stars that we used to be there that we can't see anymore for some reason. So they don't know if like something's covering them up or they're really gone. <laughs> it's just a very interesting yeah. dynamic and there's lots of theories and I'll let you guys read on some of those theories because they are very interesting and they get real down the rabbit hole and not what we're talking about today. <laughs> but it's important because I think about 
Well, you know, I've been outside, and I, I'm fortunate to live a little bit away from major town where there's not the major light pollution like right on top of me. Right. And so I see stars. And I was telling my children just recently too that the stars were the things that people used to navigate by because they knew those to be constant or constant enough where you could positionally put yourself out in the middle of the ocean where there was no light. There was you know, no street signs to say, you know, Europe is this way and Asia is that way. Right. It just was. And you had to find your way by understanding where you were in relationship to something else. Absolutely. Yep. So here's, here's an interesting thing to, to kind of riff on that. So when they're looking for, they're looking for a planet, sometimes people don't know they're looking for a planet. Right. They're, they're just observing and they're, they're looking for all sorts of things. Wobble of the star, which could mean a big, you know, gravitational field or the star blinking out. Or there are some planets that they're trying to. I mean, we have telescopes for it that they're launching into space to try to observe planets directly. You know, like actually yeah. look at them. The problem is when you think about the vastness of the spaces in between space, unfortunately. You know, I know it's a kind of a bad pun, but it is incredibly large. And we're talking about billions, trillions of miles, you know, hundreds of thousands of miles between, between objects. So it takes, for us right now, it takes basically a lifetime to search for stuff like this. So we're only observing in part, and then we have the entire history of the universe that's kind of unfolding before us. We're just catching right. glimpses we're, of it. And we're only there. seeing our view of it, you know? Like, we we see a certain view, and that view changes because our planet goes around a sun, which changes the view. <laughs> you know, we don't yeah. see the things constantly, or it's not like we're stuck in a stationary position. And we've proven that, that we're not. So it's like that, you know, so we won't only see things for a certain time the way that they are. Right. I'll tell you what. I recently entered the 40s, so I am now solidly among my peers Welcome. on this podcast in Welcome. the 40s. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I view life very differently in my 40s, just even though I'm just beginning than I did at the beginning of my 30s, was different than the beginning of my 20s. And it's like that positional thing, like where, where you are in the orbit of your life at the current moment, where, how your perspective will change on something, right? It doesn't mean that right. you've left the solar system entirely. It just means that you have a different view on something. Right. Now, part of, part of something that's really interesting, people would say like, yeah, well, if I knew there was a problem, I could fix it, right? So this is going to sound a little bit strange to say, but the biggest problems or sometimes the biggest opportunities aren't ones that are immediately clear because you almost have to see it in a negative sense. Like, I don't know there's a planet there, but I see something pass across the sun, which I do know, but I don't know it's a planet until I kind of work. Anyway, oh, that must be a planet. It's probably like this, that, the other thing, right? right. Work the problem. So yep. work the problem. And it's something where like going, um, is there a problem? You might say, well, no, but there's something that's seems like happenstance. It might be disruptive. So we can kind of tune our minds and go like, should I pay attention to this? You know, do I need to tune in just a little bit to kind of understand what's going on in space and time with everything? Um, we have the ability as human beings to be able to say, okay, here's something now. Let me let me glom onto it and let me try to understand it. But that requires us to kind of kick our brain into gear so that we know, okay, here's how we're going to go forward. This is what we're going to do. And some of that is like you don't necessarily know the tools. You can kind of just approach it in certain ways. And, you know, th there's a lot of opportunity here to be wrong. And that's the best way to learn sometimes is, 
be okay being wrong. Right. And then to go back and start the process again. Right. Be okay being wrong and be okay to question. Be okay to say, is this a problem? Because it may not be a problem. You know, you may be having an issue that, you know, in something piques your interest about it and you're like, you know what? I might be able to fix this or let's just dissect it a little bit to see if it's a problem. <laughs> you know, there's some things that aren't issues, but that could maybe better your life by looking at another perspective, looking at that issue. You know what I mean? Brian? Yeah. I think about, I think about um, like my, my, as my parents get older and as I get older or we have loved ones and like, for example, I had a loved one recently where they thought there was something going on like internally. And the concern was that it might've been cancerous. So there was like, oh my gosh, is it cancer? And your mind goes through a lot of different machinations for those sure. of you who have experienced it or had a loved one. There's a lot of things you start to think about. And then you go to the doctor and you say, hey, we discovered that it's, it's actually okay and it's not cancer. I mean, everybody breathes a sigh of relief about that. And, but with that doctor, you don't say, okay, well, since it's nothing, I don't owe you any money because you told me it's nothing. It's like, well, no, actually the person did their investigative thinking to say like, you know what, we've discovered that it's nothing. But it doesn't, that same mindset doesn't translate in the same ways to businesses or ways that we do stuff. It's like, you bring your car in and you say, well, there's nothing wrong. It's like, okay, and here, you know, here's, please pay $70 for the inspection fee. You're like, why? You didn't do anything. It's like, actually, we did do something. It's not something that we found there was, yeah, we found there was nothing wrong. (laughs) I know. And it sounds funny, but there actually is a value to that. Right. Right. And not only that, but it's a value of reaching outside your skill set as well, which I think that as human beings, like we, we'd like to think, I would also say, like, I think guys like to think, hey, hey, we can fix anything. Just give us enough time. We'll do it. Like there's stuff my wife has asked me to do that I am going to fix, you know, <laughs> but in reality, I can't do it. <laughs> Sometimes. So, yeah. So maybe yeah. I should, you know, go outside, be a little, you know, be a little more understanding that I have limits in my comfort zone and maybe I need to get somebody else to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it requires swallowing pride for sure. But also too, there's like a time money factor with it. And that's where when you bring like your own box of skills and talents and things, sometimes they'll overlap. Sometimes they're completely different and valuing other people understands like, Hey, like you're, you're different in that way. And Obviously, like not everybody's equally honest about these kind of things, especially if you're talking in a business commerce sense. But right. there's a lot of people who are, and you know, you have you can have your. It's another discussion about like trying to see if somebody's actually telling the truth or not. But if they're competent, and let's say you got a good referral from a friend, so this person really took good care of me, you have a reasonable. You can reasonably conclude like, hey, this person's going to take care of me, even though I don't understand what they're doing. I trust them. We do that with doctors. We do it with auto mechanics. We do it with. Um, you know, name it like personal trainers. Like this is going to get the results you you want or something like that. There's always that piece of it to just let it go outside of your normal pattern because they're going to bring their pattern in, and then it's going to probably disrupt yours. And what may feel like randomness actually begins to pay off in the long run once you let it run its course. Right. So Brian's talking about the application of this whole thing, and we're trying to pull together lots of different kind of like I know it sounds like we're pulling stuff from you know, A, B, C, one, two, three. But if you really look at it, it is kind of like how we are, you know, really approaching even this podcast. And I would encourage you, if you haven't listened to some of the past episodes, go back and listen to some, because a lot of these 
patterns, for example, or thinking outside of your comfort zone or going outside the box, we actually have touched on a little more in depth on each one and other in previous episodes. And we might have only touched on it for a few minutes, but it allows people to start thinking. And that's that's kind of our pattern in this whole thing. So we're trying to make this a pattern that you guys will start to have these tools in your toolbox and you'll be able to say, hey, I'm going to pull that out. I'm going to pull this out. Or I'm going to think about this. Think about that. Um, what do you think about that, Bri? Absolutely. I think about how Technicolor used to work or like colored films back before it, you actually had the ability to, to record color on one roll of film. You actually had to do layers of film, right? Here's your cyan, your magenta, and your yellow to be able to layer it to have that. So you'd have three different film strips that would be laid on top of one another to actually record and present color, right? So sometimes these patterns are like, let's take the magenta pass, as funny as that sounds. Like, let's take this magenta, like, what does that reveal by itself? And they say, what if we took the cyan approach and now we layer that on top? I think about those, those 3D things you get, like in the Cracker Jack box, or that probably dates us, when you go to Sonic, <laughs> you yeah. get yeah. you know, a little toy, <laughs> and it's like the decoder ring. Everything is, there's blue text, but there's like red distortion waves. And then when you lay the red overlay on top of it, you can see what the blue thing says. Right. And you do the opposite. Now the blue disappears and you can see what the red thing says. But those layers actually like, they're not complete by themselves necessarily, but it helps you paint a total picture in your mind. And it's a part of the whole. So I think the challenge here today, and I I think this is a, a challenge that everybody has to work on. I think probably your entire life. I don't think every person just masters this. But be that person that is pulling out your tool set, your different tools, and using it to solve a problem. Find the pattern. Don't be that person that is just throwing them all in a jumbled mess and pounding on it with your hands, (laughs) like the kind of primates we are, (laughs) hoping that it all comes together. Because mostly it's not going to (laughs) if you do it that way. But if you if you have the opportunity to actually think about it logically, go through the salute, the problem, the solution, pull these tools out, I think you'll find yourself in a lot better place. Yeah, what I think, think that's a great place to put a comment in the conversation, don't you? I think so, too, Brian. All right. So until next time, this is Brian. And this is Josh. For Curiosity Continuum. Thank you.